who is live on the radio every Saturday from noon to 3. That's noon to 3 on WEAC Radio, 1480 AM. You're listening to WPWC, We Act Radio, 1480 AM, WE Good night, DC. This is your boy, Richard Fowler. Welcome to the Richard Fowler Show. It's so good that you're here with us tonight as we discover this week in politics. You know how we do it on the Richard Fowler Show. We're here to inform, empower, and help you get your voice back. Tonight, we're discussing recent developments in Obamacare and the Supreme Court of the United States, as well as Mitt Romney's reaction to health care for all Americans, because you know Mitt, Mitt, Mick Mitten does not believe in that, and it's just that simple, folks. Tonight on the show, we'll have with us Bob Wiener, a Democratic strategist, a national columnist in the major papers from the Clinton administration, and he's also also, he was also a senior member of Congress. Before that, folks, before I came into the studio tonight, I got some disturbing, let me tell you, absolutely positively disturbing information, right? And I'm trying, I'm in the process of pulling it up here. Uh, but before I do that, one thing I want to let you guys all know, because I told you, you know, we're growing, moving, and we're, we're growing, moving, and expanding here on WEAC Radio. So next week, this time, you will be in hour two of the Richard Fowler Show, because next week, we're starting at 8 a.m. We're going to two hours, baby, and we're loving it uh, here uh, in the nation's capital, in the heart of D.C., Alec, uh, I was going to say Alexandria, Anacostia, uh, and so we're going to two hours, so expect that. You'll be hearing, we'll be tweeting about that for sure, for sure, um, and you'll be hearing more about that as we go into it, but we're going to need your help to get through two hours, folks, so join in, be part of the chat. We need your support. We need your help. It's just that simple. But beyond that, like I said, I want to talk to you about something before we get to the heart of the show. And I'm really, really trying to pull this thing up here because somebody sent it to me over the Twitter lines. And when I saw it, I was just so, so disgusted. All right, here we go. So in, so basically what's happening right now in Greensboro, this is Greensboro, North Carolina. These people, uh, these, this promoter here, I think it's Bentley's and they're having it at Lingerie Lounge, right? So I don't know if there's anybody listening from Greensboro, but I promise I'll talk about this because this is absolutely egregious, folks. Like this is what we shouldn't do when we have a national tragedy like the Trayvon Martin search we talked about last week on the show. But basically what these folks are doing here is they're having a justice in memory of Trayvon. Everybody free before 11 with an empty bag of Skittles. Doors open at 10. Free wings until 10.30. 18 and up. Black people. Now, you know, I know my show is about all people, but to all the black folks listening tonight, stop. Get your, Put your hands up. Get ready to receive it, folks. Put your hands up and get ready to receive it. This Trayvon Martin is a time for our community to come together. And I understand that, you know, music is part of our culture and we're part, you know, we're, it's all part of how we do, do stuff, right? You know, we like to celebrate things, but this is not a time for us to have a party. It's not a time for us to, I mean, just if you want to shake, if you want to shake your rump, you could shake your rump. But why are, why are we advertising? 
right? Why are we trying to make money off this Trayvon Martin thing? We should be trying to make sure there's justice for his family. And it's just that simple, folks. So to those folks, to the Bent, to Bentleys and Laundry Lounge and the promoters of this party, if you're listening tonight, shame on you. Shame on you. I, I was just so disgusted when I, I was, a, it's absolutely egregious. That somebody would actually do that. <laughs> anyway, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done talking about. It. I'm not even going to give it any more airtime. Um, but let's get to news by the numbers. Tonight, in news by the t- t- tonight, in news by the numbers. The number tonight is 2.5 million. The number of young people that are back on their parents' health care insurance thanks to Obamacare. The White House is claiming it, baby. They're selling Obamacare t-shirts, folks, because we know that Obama does care. Unfortunately, Romney doesn't. Anyway, um, let's get to the polls tonight. So, if the geo in the Republican presidential race, here the here the polls go. Mitt Romney is really clearing the way for his chance to be the winner here. He wins 37.8% to Santorum's 28.2%. Gingrich is 14.3%, and Paul's 11.8%. Mitt Romney looks like he has this one in the bag. That's how I see it. If the general election were to happen tonight, ladies and gentlemen, don't worry. President Obama will be back in there. Four more years of Barry, baby. <laughs> the polls have the president up 47.7% to Romney's 43%. 43%, which it means that President Obama is up 47 and we are not even at the convention yet. This is good news for us Democrats. We should be celebrating Obama four more years. We're not done yet. President Obama's approval rating, that's even better. CNN Opinion Research Poll has the president's approval rating up six points, 51%. That's above the 50% mark. That means that no matter what the Republicans try to say, the president's approval rating is up. Up is good down is bad that's all i'm saying folks that's all i'm saying tonight wisconsin the wisconsin republican presidential primary if that race were to happen today romney's at 40 percent santorum's 32.5 paul's 9.3 and gingrich 6.8 newt newt put your hands up if you're listening tonight put get ready to receive it drop out drop out drop drop out it's over you're not gonna win you're not gonna be the president of the united states like, go back, you and Calista can hang out and have an open marriage. It's game over. It's done. You can't blame the media anymore. This is not the media. This is just you. You're bad for America. Just that simple. Anyway. That's news by the numbers tonight, folks. The truth of the matter is that 40,000 Americans every year die because they don't have access to health care. Right? And what President Obama did, oh so well... Uh, a couple of years back is he put into place Obamacare. But to uh, listen, let me, I am not the best person to explain Obamacare. So I have somebody to help you explain that, right? So to explain Obamacare, let's turn to our good friend, like I just, I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, former Speaker of the House, um, Newt Gingrich. And Newt tells us about how great this health care law is. And I'll, I'll talk about it in just a second. Go ahead. Let's listen to Newt for a second. The good thing is that in contrast with the Hillary Care process of 1993, we don't have 500 people hiding in a room trying to write the magic bill that's going to go through in an up or down vote. We actually have a process underway where lots and lots of different players have a real opportunity to have input. Uh, and I think in that sense, this is already a healthier process than we saw in 1993 and a more open process. 
the real foundation, the most important uh, part of this, is individual rights, responsibilities, and expectation of behavior. Uh, we believe that there should be must-carry, that is, everybody should either have health insurance or if you're an absolute uh, libertarian, we would allow you to post a bond, but we would not allow people to uh, be free riders failing to insure themselves and then showing up at the emergency room uh, with no means of payment. Uh, if you have must-carry, uh, must uh, then the insurance companies have told us that we can have must-issue, uh, and you will therefore have a system in which you don't have to worry about cherry-picking and maneuvering. As we move beyond today's press conference at the White House, this is the kind of general model we're going to be advocating. If you go to the last page... Uh Folks, that was that was Newt Gingrich explaining as to why an individual mandate is the way to go because nobody can have a free ride when it comes to health care, health insurance. So you see, the whole problem with this whole Obamacare, comprehensive health care reform debate is that this is a Republican ideal. At foundation, a Republican ideal. This idea was brought up to be this whole idea of the exchange and this individual mandate or personal responsibility made like the White House is now calling it was all created by the Heritage Foundation. What President Obama did is he adopted a good conservative idea. And he turned it into law. And now the Republicans are all pissed off because they think that this is a bad, this is a bad policy for Washington, which is just not true. Anyway, we want you to be part of the live chat. We want to hear from you tonight. So go ahead and tweet us at Fowler Show, which is our new Twitter handle, F-O-W-L-E-R Show. Or give us a call at 202-889-9797. Once again, that's 202-889-9797. We want to hear from you. It's really important. We're talking about Obamacare tonight and the Supreme Court, but let's go a little bit about what this bill actually does. So the president signed this bill into law on March 10, 2010, if people didn't know that. Um, and, what the, and when the president signed the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, into law, um, it put into place a comprehensive reform that improved access to health care coverage for everyone and protect consumers from abusive insurance practices, making insurance available to 32 million more Americans, Americans a total of 95% of the country will now is now insured under President Obama's health care plan. Now, don't get me wrong, this is not going president under, the president understands it's not going to happen all overnight. So what the president said is that by 2014 every citizen will be required to have health care insurance to face a penalty. But with that being said, uh-oh, somebody's emailing me. I should have silenced my phone, folks. But with that being said, even though there is a penalty for anybody who doesn't have health care, let's let's be very clear here. Let's be clear like President Obama would say. That penalty only goes into effect if you don't choose to buy health care policy. And the penalty equals what the cost of a health care policy would be. So what it does is it encourages people who don't have public, who don't have health care to get health care or pay a penalty, which the penalty equals health care insurance. But there's no free riders in the system. In order for this, in order for comprehensive health care reform to work, there can't be any free riders. And this argument the Republicans make that people that you know, oh well, people are outside the, and not everybody's in the health care market. That's complete and totally, that's complete and total bull. Because it's just that's just it's just not true. Because you're in the health care market at least twice in your life when you're born and when you die. If you get in a car accident, you, if you get in a car accident, an ambulance is required by law to take you to a hospital. No matter what happens, that makes you part of the healthcare market. And if you're part of the healthcare market, you should have to buy healthcare because if you don't buy healthcare, the American people are stuck with the bill, paying for the fact that you're not part of the healthcare market. But I digress. If you already have a healthcare plan, either through your employer, through Medicare, through Medicaid, or privately, you can keep that. You're already on the bus. So basically, there's a bus that's already half full because all of us who have healthcare insurance, like myself, 
right? Like the good, like, like you listening, right? We will continue to have healthcare insurance. And so we're going to be on the bus no matter what, right? And the program at the, the people make this whole argument that the program's going to add all this money, um, to the deficit, right? But what the program, what it does do, is it, it, it adds a nine, it has $950 billion to the federal budget because it, people are paying in to the system. They're going to pay into the system if they don't have health care, right? And also we're going to, we're going to help, we're going to find ways they're going to be, there's going to be some mitigated cost here. And on top of that, it's going to lower the deficit by $143 billion over 10 years. How? Because the act is designed to offset the cost of lowering payments to hospitals, increasing the Medicare tax for higher income households and consolidating higher education loan programs at the Pell Grant. So what it does is it streamlines a lot of government processes to create cost savings. If you want to cut the deficit, you can't do draconian cuts. What you have to do is smart cuts or smart savings, and that's what this health care bill is. But let's not go, let, let, let's go even, let's delve a little bit further into this piece of legislation, right? So, uh, and we've talked about this, so the only reason why we're going back over this is because we've heard a lot, we've talked to a lot of folks, and it seems as though a lot of people just don't know about the benefits of the healthcare law. So what we're trying to do here today is we're trying to provide you with the benefits of the law. It's just that simple. We want to provide you with the benefits of the law, because people, they say people don't know the benefits. So tonight on the Richard Fowler Show, this show is not going to be about empowering this show is, we're going to help you get your voice back at the end like we always do, but we're going to inform you about this healthcare law because people say they don't know. So we're going to tell you. And if you hear it from Richard Fowler, you know it's the truth. So put your hands up and get ready to receive the truth. Put your hands up. Get ready to receive it. You ready to receive it? I'm ready to give it. Here we go. So the first thing, there's a couple things that this bill does automatically. The first thing that this bill does automatically is it... For 54 million Americans who already have private coverage, they get a lot of preventative care services for free, i.e. mammograms, cancer screenings, blood pressure screenings, stuff that would cost you additional monies on your Medicare bill or on your bill or on your insurance bill or on your premium or to your copayment are now free of charge on the insurance company. So that's part of your package, part of your plan. Good thing, right? You hear me, right? That's a good thing. It's part of your plan. And that is important. That is very, very important. Uh, and on top of that, the other thing that this bill, the other thing the coverage does for young Americans is if you're a young person listening tonight, right, and you're under the age of 26, I'm one of those people. I know a lot of them. There's a lot of young Democrats. And by the way, shout out to all those young Democrats in Richmond, Virginia, um, who are having their annual convention. I'll be joining them tomorrow. Um, in the Virginia Young Democrats, a lot of those individuals can go back on their parents' health care insurance. Right, that's at VAYD if you're following them on Twitter. Also give us a call, 202-889-9797. The other thing the bill does is it covers you if you have pre-existing condition. That's the most important part of speech legislation. If you have pre-existing condition and you were locked out of the health care insurance market, more than 50 million Americans with pre-existing conditions that we already know, and it's hard to track this, have gained access to the new pre-existing condition insurance plan. These temporary program has made it so that you cannot deny somebody based on a pre-existing condition. And what insurance companies have done in the past, if they've denied you because you had asthma, heart disease, cancer, you had a, you had a rotten toenail, you could be denied coverage. Under President Obama's law, that has now been taken, that has, you've got, we've gotten rid of that. Game over. If you have something wrong with you, if you have a pre-existing condition, whatever that might be, you now can receive health care no matter what. 
On top of that, it creates the exchange, which is what they're sort of, what's sort of being debated right now in the Supreme Court, which we're going to talk about as we move on through the show. But starting in 2014, they're offering the public the same kind of insurance policy the member of Congress will have. The exchange will select health care plans for qual- and qual- to qualify to offer coverages, facilitate consumer assistance, shop for shopping and enrollment, and coordinate eligibility for, of, for the exchange for potential premium assistance. Basically what it does is if you don't have insurance, you can go to this like one-stop shop and find an insurance plan. And that is how... It will help you get insurance if you don't already have it. And it's just that simple. I mean, the thing, those are just some of the benefits that this program provides, right? Just some of the benefits it provides. That doesn't talk about all the other things this bill does. People have tried to criticize the bill because it's a long bill. But in order for us to fix our health care problems, folks, we can, I'm sorry, we can't fix it in 10 pages. We need 2,700. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But I, I'm digressing from the point. This bill is the right thing to do. It's a great thing for the country. Something that we need to do immediately. All right. And now we have the Supreme Court debating it because Republicans don't feel it's a good idea. But let me point out, Mitt Romney did it first. We didn't do it first. Mitt Romney did it first. That's all I'm trying to say. Anyway, it looks like it's time for our first break of the night. But you can always give us a call at 202 889 Nine seven nine seven. Once again, that's two zero two eight eight nine nine seven nine seven. Or tweet us at Fowler Show, F O W L E R Show. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you as we continue to talk about health care in this country. Uh, as we continue to talk about healthcare in this country, and we continue to talk about what the Supreme Court is doing, we're going to have more conversation. We're coming back with Bob Weiner, um, and we're going to continue this conversation right here on WEAC Radio, fourteen eighty AM, WPWC, DC. Oh, 
local station, WLS, broadcasts a radio host who repeatedly attacked a female student for no other reason than her participation in a public debate about women's health. She told elected officials about various ways her classmates rely on prescription birth control, including a story about a friend who takes it to manage ovarian cysts. For this, the radio host called her a slut, in addition to 45 other personal attacks. Miss Fluke, have you ever heard of not having sex? She's having so much sex, it's amazing she can still walk. She's having so much sex, she's going broke buying contraceptives and wants us to buy them. It makes her a slut, right? Makes her a prostitute. She wants to be paid to have sex. If we are going to pay for your contraceptives and thus pay for you to have sex, we want you to post the videos online so we can all watch. WLS shouldn't talk about women this way. Our community deserves better than this. This community service announcement was paid for by Media Matters for America. Now you can know. This is Margaret Flowers. And I'm Kevin Zeese. Join us every Monday morning, 11 a.m. on We Act Radio, 1480 a.m. for Clearing the Fog. Speaking truth to expose the forces of greed. Start the week with your eyes open. The fog. The forces of greed that spin news stories for the benefit of the 1%. Each week, we feature guests who are working to expose these truths and offer real solutions to the current crises we face. Knowledge is power, and with knowledge, you will be empowered to act to shift the power to the people. Together, we will clear the fog for peace, justice, and sustainability. Monday mornings at 11 a.m. on WeActRadio.com or 1480 a.m. in Washington, D.C. Local station WLS broadcasts a radio host who personally attacked a young woman just because he disagreed with her. She told elected officials about her classmates who rely on prescription birth control for their health. The host lopped 46 personal attacks at her. She's having so much sex, it's amazing she can still walk. She's having so much sex, she's going broke buying contraceptives and wants us to buy them. It makes her a slut, right? Makes her a prostitute. She wants to be paid to have sex. Pick up the phone and tell WLS we don't talk about women like that in Chicago. They should be ashamed. You can reach WLS at 312-984-0890. That's 312-984-0890. Once again, call 312-984-0890 right now. And tell WLS there's no place for this kind of indecency to women in Chicago. This community service announcement was paid for by Media Matters for America. You're listening to Take Action News on We Act Radio, produced at the studios of WPWC, 1480 AM in Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. And we're back on the Richard Fowler Show. It's good that, good that you're back with us. They changed my bumper music on me. I was like, oh, that was wild. Well, folks, you know, we're continuing to talk about Obamacare, and it's, it's true. There's times that I do find it hard to sleep at night, especially with the Supreme Court and what they're doing to, to, to the American people. But the plan that was passed, that was modeled after Mitt Romney, and like I said before the break, um, and, you know, to talk more about that, we have on the show with us, we have Bob Weiner, who is an expert, a, a good friend of mine, but an expert. He's a national democratic strategist and... Uh, um, uh, and the columnist for major newspapers from the Clinton, he's from the Clinton White House, senior aide and congressional staff, and has been a spokesman of the White House and the drugs, uh, and a drug, and a drugs are for a four star, he's been a spokesman for a lot of folks. 
I'm, ho- I'm horrible at this, Bob, but welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. It's great to be with you, and uh, I know you're a friend of my superstar stellar uh, former intern, Jimmy Lewis. So I- I'm glad that uh, we got introduced, and uh, I just hope that this isn't the case, Richard. You know, I, I was the chief of staff uh, of the House Aging Committee under Claude Pepper and the House uh, Health Subcommittee, and then worked for Congressman Conyers, Congressman Rangel, uh, Claude Pepper, uh, and uh, Ed Koch, and uh, Ted Kennedy, and-, and then the Clinton White House. So I just hope this isn't the case where... These, the court, the rich guys in robes with federal health insurance themselves have no clue about poor and average people who need and, and many wouldn't have adequate health care without this bill, which it took generations for Congress to pass. And I think it's just an outrage that with judicial activism by what they claim as a, as is supposed to be a court that just uh, reads the balls and strikes and, and, and finesses the law, they're about to change what the American people through their elected representatives have enacted. And I think that is outrageous. I can't agree with you more, Bob. And, you know, we were just talking before you came on the show. We were just explaining to the people because one thing, the argument that we've heard a lot from folks, so people don't really, they really don't truly understand what's actually in, you know, what now we're calling it Obamacare, the comprehensive health care reform law. They don't know what's in there. But now that we know. Well, let me, let me get to that. That's a a great point. I was on on, uh, Fox News. I do Fox and Friends fairly regularly in, in the morning. And John Stewart made a joke of the fact that Fox and Friends kept cutting off our attempt to tick off the provisions of the bill. When I was going through and I said, this is children's care through 26. This is cheaper and then free drugs for 46 million seniors. Pre-existing conditions covered. No lifetime caps. Not being thrown off if you're sick. Free mammograms and colonoscopies and making sure that 85% of the premiums that you pay go to benefits, not to insurance company high salaries and oversight. And they cut me off midstream in that about 20 seconds long list and said, we don't want to talk about the provisions of the bill. We want to talk about the fact that it's a job killer. It's not a job killer. And then I went through again and I ticked off the provisions. John Stewart picked up on that and he must have interns that watch 621 in the morning segments on Fox <laughs> and Friends. And, and he said, Wiener, what part of we don't want our viewers to know what's in the bill don't you understand? And that's the Republican philosophy. Because before I went on Fox, um, I was actually on a plane and I was telling the, you know, I'll practice wherever I can to, 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 to make sure I know what I'm talking about for a radio or a TV show. And I was ticking off the provisions and, and the stewards, you know, the attendant, flight attendant said to me, gee, I didn't know that was in the bill. If we knew that's in the bill, I'd be for it. And that's your point that you're making. It's the very point that you're making that people don't know what's in the bill, but if it's called socialized medicine with $200 million worth of ads calling it big government intrusion and a mandate, you know, I got a letter from Medicare. You know, I used to say when I was chief of staff of the House Aging Committee and I was in my 20s, um, that I'll be old someday, and uh, this is a conflict of interest. Now I'm actually, you know, 30, 40 years later, about to turn 65, and I get a letter from Medicare that says, you will take Medicare, and here's what it's going to cost you, and you have to go through contortions to keep the health insurance you have and, and not get the Medicare Part B if you want it. What's that? Not a mandate. I mean, people love, most people who don't have health insurance are thrilled to have Medicare. And so to, for the Republicans to say it's a mandate, Richard, you know, what they think is not a mandate apparently is forced transvaginal ultrasound probes putting something up a woman's body which the World Health Organization calls rape if you put something up a woman's body. 
I can't and I, and I can't agree with you more. At I can't agree with you more, uh, Bob. You know the truth of the matter is, is that no matter what happens with this health care law, we all know that it's going to come down to what these nine individuals think about this law. Uh, and with that being said, you know they debated this week uh, quite a bit. Substantially, they had three days, and they ago. voted today. You know they had a secret vote today. Correct. Right. Correct. They had the secret so vote today. It's done. We're just going to find out in June. Right. And, you know, you were, I know one thing, one thing I do know is that you got a chance to sort of be out there. You did, I know you did a couple of interviews. I think 17 is the number. Is that right? Yes, Bob? that's correct. Good research on your part. <laughs> um, I was at the radio row at the Supreme Court, uh, which uh, the, oppos- the opposition to the projected uh, vote by the Supreme Court, they mobilized and had a place where it was like Sarah Palin. We could look out the door and see the Supreme Court from the House. Yeah, no, I, I know it. I know we because our our radio show, We Act Radio, is actually on Radio Row with David Schuster and Mark yeah, Lee, and, sure. uh, and we were out there. And we I were, did a show, yeah. And we were talking about that. So tell me now, from there and from you know your being on the courts, like what do you think is going to happen? Now it's hard to predict what this court's going to do. Um, no, it's not. It's not hard at all. When uh, Roberts says you know it's a slippery slope, and Scalia yeah. says it's broccoli, and Clarence Thomas, his wife gets money from the oppo- opposition to the court, so he's the done deal. Um, and Kennedy and Jeff Tubin says that uh, that even Kennedy is is one of the most conservative justices of all time. CNN's an analyst and says we can look forward to years of five four rulings. And this is the court that five four brought you Bush v. Gore and five four brought you Citizens United injecting money back into politics for the first time in seventy five years. It's not hard at all to see that this is, but from the questioning that this is a five four ruling. The question is, how far do they go in their 5-4? True. I, mean, I think but... they will throw out the mandate. The best case that we will get, and I talked to John Conyers, the dean of the Congressional Black Caucus and the, the ranking Democrat on, on judiciary about this, the best case that we'll get is maybe they will allow severability, meaning allowing the provisions uh, that are, are separate from the mandate to be included so that we can get those benefits of children's care and cheaper drugs for seniors and the pre-existing conditions and all of that. Maybe we can, maybe we can get that and they will allow since time immemorial the, the, in the Republic, we've been allowed to put provisions in that have to meet standards, Go, gotcha. for example, like insurance companies. So we might get those provisions and we also True. might get the Medicaid expansion to 70, 17 million people. Those are the best case scenarios. No chance on creation we're going to get the mandate supported. No, I got you there, but is now, and you know, one thing that I know that that argument is being made, but the other argument that we've also heard, um, not coming from it, that you know, they they're very tough. Like we saw two, there's definitely there was two conservative justices that ruled in favor of um of the Obamacare law before it got to the courts, and but I, they didn't they didn't uh, act and ask the kinds of questions that these guys did, tipping their hat which is what Jeff Tubin called a train wreck for the administration when we heard the direction of the questions. If you're going to rule in favor, you'd ask, is there any reason that the mandate shouldn't be approved as part of general welfare since there's precedent in Social Security, Medicare, uh, the Civil Rights Act, and the WEED Act? Is there any reason it shouldn't be approved? That's not what they asked. They asked, isn't this a slippery slope where you're forcing Americans to buy a product and doesn't that take you to cell phones and broccoli? No, that's I, what they asked. No, I know. I, hey, I, I listen just like you, Bob. But my uh, my argument, and that's not really an argument, but I think the whole thing is that there is a pot. There is still a possibility because we've seen that two conservative justices, both um, that would be that'd be Silverman, and I think the other one is. is but check their questions before they ruled. True. You can find people's true. train of thought. You can call somebody conservative. You can call them liberal. But what you can't do is deny when they ask questions where they're coming from on a specific issue. 
And on this specific issue, these justices have tipped their hand. And especially right after those questions to then move into the secret vote today and to, to rule, uh, to make a first vote, it's possible. I mean, we can, you know, rain falls from the sky on sunny days. It is possible that uh, that the other justices, like Kagan, could persuade them. But Varelli did such a horrible job on persuasion, the, the administration's uh, solicitor general. Kagan was the solicitor general. And I'm hoping that in the back room she says, guys, he sucked. Here's what he should have said, and here are the persuasive arguments. And if she does that, maybe in the old boys network, which she is now part of, she could be persuasive and, and change a vote. But I don't see that happening. I think it's a 5-4 against the mandate at the least, and very possibly the entire bill thrown out, with, with possibly the breadcrumb thrown out of the Congress has the right to, to expand Medicaid, but even there they're using the argument that this could be an oversome burden to the states more than has ever happened before. I mean, you, so I think they could throw the whole thing out, and I think that's why that, uh, you know, hopefully Obama will get reelected and we can replace Roberts from the Hartford relation that he's got. You know, maybe he, maybe it won't be the old liberals that die. No, I, I think you're, I don't get me wrong. Uh, don't get me wrong, Bob. I think you're completely right on that. I do think that, you know, that we are, uh, we, we do want president to get reelected so we can replace some more justices. Unfortunately, the question becomes is when we do replace justices, would it be, do we replace a, do we replace a Ginsburg because she retires or do we Well, we that's the point I'm making that yeah. we don't know that it's Who's just the go older first? liberals that are going to die, that you, that it can be anybody. I just had a 60 year old friend who got, who had a stroke. You know, those things happen. And as I said, what people don't remember is that Roberts was named Supreme Court Chief Justice even despite his heart fibrillation problems. So, true. Uh, that is it, very it can happen true. in either direction. That is very true. And I, I you know, the thing that when I, and I got a chance to sort of pay attention to what was, what the courts were doing, and I really think it's important for the listener out there to understand that there was a three, this was segmented into three parts. This whole, this whole, the whole hearing was three parts. The first part of the hearing was talking about whether or not you can try, you can, you know, sue somebody for a tax before the taxes actually have, before the taxes actually levied. That was a, that was a, a throwaway day to give them the jurisdiction, which they wouldn't have scheduled three days, unprecedented three days of, of hearings on, if they were really going to say, we should wait till this bill kicks in. No, you're completely right. You're completely right. Uh, and then the second part of it was actually about the mandate and whether, right. or not, whether or not there was, there should be a mandate, whether or not everybody was and in the And that's where our Solicitor General, who knew for two years that this case was coming up and should have known that you say that health care is, is one-sixth of the economy, 99% of Americans use health care because they are born in a hospital and it is unlike any other product, and he didn't know to say those sound bites? I mean, he had two years to prepare. So it really was a, was a horrible situation for the administration on the mandate. Because in, in the Supreme Court environment, you have to be ready with quick, pithy sound bites to come back to their quick, pithy questions. That's what you do as, in a Supreme Court debate. This guy wasn't ready for prime time. Uh, and that you're, co- I, I, you know, I, I think you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of skeptics on that one. I'm not saying that I'm one that's of them. That's what Will Blitzer said. He was terrible. Tobin said it was a train wreck. All you have to do is listen to the unpreparedness of him for the predictable questions. And then the third day, they debated about the severability, whether or not you yeah, could sever. Yeah, we did sever. a little better. Were you, were you, and I think that what I think, you know, I really do think, Bob, that we win that argument in that. Well, we win it substantively, but that has no bearing on the fact of who has the votes. The thing that Tubin said as he came out was the only thing you can say about the liberals is there are four of them. 
That is true. But I mean, the reason why I say that now, now tell me if I'm wrong here, because if the courts say that you can't sever the bill, right? I think the the argument that they will make if they want to throw the whole bill out, which I think they want to do because it's Obama's signature accomplishment, is that you can't have those provisions because you have to have the funding from the mandate to fund the rest of the bill, which is a crock. Because the insurance companies are making two hundred billion dollars a year in profit, and if they make twenty billion less because they have to cover some pre-existing conditions, tough. But now, but now here's the and that's the argument though that they'll use, and the insurance companies are trying to cry poor mouth, but to make the case that they shouldn't do severability. But now, Bob, now this is where I think we win, though, if if you hear me out here. So if the bill gets kicked out, like you say it does, and they they destroy the whole bill immediately, the next day after the Supreme Court case, two point five million young people are now uninsured. Correct. Right. Uh, and we, fifty million people with pre-existing conditions aren't covered, and fifty million seniors. Uh, who are getting cheaper drugs aren't getting cheaper so drugs. Do- and you know what? That's been true for the last 50 years since Claude Pepper, the great chairman of the House Aging Committee, who I worked for in my first hill- set of Hill jobs after Ed Koch, said he was trying for national health insurance since Harry Truman. We've been trying to get bills passed to cover these kinds of provisions for f- over 50 years. And Boehner, the Speaker of the House, was fighting against even covering pre-existing conditions and said, oh, we'll pass a separate bill. Those guys never even introduced a separate bill. They had, right. they had a two-page right. policy paper. But this is, and well, so this is, what makes you think that even though Mitt Romney says we'll do something separate, that it's nothing but talk and a crock, but and this is actually I, I, would I, but, even do it? But you see, the thing is here, Bob, and I think you'll agree with me here, that this is where the president's narrative and the Occupy narrative kicks in. It is a us-versus-them scenario. It is a 99% of the people... But you're not getting who, Republicans to support it. Well, then, I, but you I, know, I, but the I, thing is, not no, going to happen. But you, the thing is, the th- this is what That's I'm like thinking. That's like the this. dream of single payer. But you, you know, don't, right? We really have the politics and the votes for that. But you don't. But I don't think you need Republicans to support it, though. I think the the, the will of well, the people. Well, it depends if we have a wave election. If we have a wave will, election that, but, and gain Democrats, well, then it's a different ballgame. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think we can gain Democrats if they kick this bill out on 2.5 million young people. That means yeah. 2.5 million families go know that their kids are no longer insured under their health care policy. Uh, all right. So all of that is true That's an election except for right the there. following scenario. Before every time we consider health care, it's actually got a majority of support, 15% uh, majority. So you're talking about 65, 35, roughly. And then they do the ads of Harry and Louise. They do the ads of socialism. They do the ads of big government. They don't say that Medicare is actually government health care. They, they clearly don't let you tick off the provisions of the bill because each one of them has vast majority support, all the ones that you talked about and I talked about. So what you've got is, is the bad-mouthing message propaganda machine of the opposition with its hundreds of millions of dollars stopping what you and I want, which is the mobilization for this bill from ever really but happening. You, you know, the, the reason why I say this, and this is where sometimes in life, uh, and my mom says this better than I do, Bob, she says it best, she says sometimes in life money isn't everything, and I think this is a situation where money isn't everything because... No, but votes are. And no, but no, I agree is. with you. I the agree with you. now show that the American people, by about 60-40, oppose the bill, which is ludicrous. Because if you take away the propaganda and the advertising and you talk about the specific provisions of what's really in the bill, not the buzzwords of what it's called, they support the bill. So how do you reverse and flip that? Well, my the argument that I'm trying to make here is I think when you see when there's two point when there's all these families who are no longer on health care, the impact at the pocketbook is gonna beat the you know, it's really definitely, definitely, definitely 
going to beat the you know the the, the ads and the money that they're going to put in this. The people are going to see the true real power of when they when the, when their kids aren't 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 on health care anymore. That's the argument I'm trying to make. And and now you've got the forty five percent, you know, the forty percent of the American people that love the bill and love the provisions because they're directly impacted by it, versus the ones who aren't directly impacted yet and don't are too short sighted to see that they will <coughs> some year before they die have a heart attack or a stroke and will need the care. They don't see that. It's the same reason that John Conyers, I wrote a piece in the Michigan Chronicle, why do conservatives vote against their own interests? Because they self-centeredly think they're going to be rich like the rich Republicans are, even though it never really happens because the policies keep them away from that. So they vote against their own self-interest. That's what's happening in the health care bill also. And by the way, I'd invite our listeners to go to my website, wienerpublic.com, that our friend Jimmy Lewis has a bunch of op-eds as part of the ones he's co-written with me. But I have 120 op-eds on progressive issues, um, and, and uh, they're in major papers in the Miami Herald, uh, Washington Post, and you know, Cleveland Plain Dealer, and all of that. Um, and so uh, one of them, the most recent ones, is why do conservatives vote against their own interests? And I think you'll you'll be fascinated at, uh, at at the research that we did. Well, you know, and I we know we appreciate you having you on so much, Bob. And you know, my my producer telling me we're up against a break here. Okay. Um, but we appreciate you having you on. Let, let now let the listeners know where they can find you. We were trying to find you on Twitter. We want to make sure they know how to find you on Twitter. Well, you you won't. Uh, I'm I'm archaic that way. But I come do on, Bob. You got to be on Twitter. I do have a website, which is wienerpublic.com. W e i n e r p u b l i c dot com, and in it. We have everything we do. We have uh, all the 120 op-eds, the 2,000 radio and TV shows, and you'll see the John Stewart where he spoofed uh, what Fox tried to do to me when they cut off, kicking off the provisions of the bill and all of that. So go to wienerpublic.com, and especially uh, for your listeners, click on the op-eds and click on the TV and radio. You got it. You got it. And we so we appreciate you having you on the Richard Fowler Show. I know my listeners are so informed by our conversation. I think we had a little back and forth there. And that was good for people to understand there's more than one side to this bill, don't you think, Bob? Absolutely. No, you've really uh, captured the uh, the essence of what the debate is. And I'm very uh, appreciative that you're bringing that out uh both to your region and to the American people. We appreciate you so much, and we can't wait to have you back here in the fishbowl on the Richard Fowler Show. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Bob. Thanks for having me. You're listening to WPWC, We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. Right now, Republicans are actively working to move our economy and our democracy backward. And too many Democrats are holding their heads down just to get through the next election. That means an independent progressive movement that challenges both political parties is more important than ever. That's why on June 18th through the 20th, progressive leaders from all over the country will be converging at the Take Back the American Dream conference in Washington, D.C. And you can go to ourfuture.org slash takeback right now to register for this important conference. We Act Radio listeners who act now will get an early bird discount on registration. The Take Back the American Dream conference is where big ideas and bold actions come together in the fight to make real the dream of an economy and a democracy that works for everyone. We'll demand attention to the elements corroding America's well-being, long-term unemployment, underwater mortgages, the bigotry and misogyny coming from the extreme right, the big money corrupting our elections, and the refusal to respond to global warming. The Take Back the American Dream Conference is about taking back what rightfully belongs to all Americans, 
good jobs, quality education, access to health care, a clean environment, a secure retirement, and government that serves and answers to all of the people, not just the wealthy and corporations. Hundreds of billions of dollars are being spent on behalf of conservatives whose policies created an economic collapse. But organized people can beat organized money, fueled by the dream of an America where everyone can prosper. Go to ourfuture.org slash takeback to register for the Take Back the American Dream Conference June 18th through the 20th. Act now and we act radio listeners will get an early bird discount on registration. Join the conversation on Twitter. Hashtag Take Back 12. We'll see you in Washington at the Take Back the American Dream Conference. Excuse me, everyone, I have a brief announcement to make. Jesus was black, Ronald Reagan was the devil, and the government is lying about 9-11. Thank you for your time, and good night. Friends, David Schuster here, and all of us at WEAC Radio are so proud of our neighbors here in Southeast D.C., especially one of our partners, The Ark. The Ark is at 1901 Mississippi Avenue Southeast. It's the home to some of Washington's best, including the Washington Ballet, the Levine School of Music, Boys and Girls Club, and the Children's Health Project all provide a number of programs and services within the very same facility. The Ark is also home to the Ark Theater, the only theater east of the river, which hosts a variety of dance, music, and theatrical shows each year. Almost everything you could want is at the Ark, so stop by and see them. The Ark, 1901 Mississippi Avenue in Southeast. For more information, visit the Ark's website, www.thearkdc.org, or call 202-889-5901. The Ark, part of Southeast D.C. You're listening to WPWC, We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. And we're back on the Richard Fowler Show. We heard such great things from Bob Wiener, uh, who was talking about, you know, this whole health care law and how it looks. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that there's been this argument that's being made by those out there that indicate that, you know, oh, people are choosing. People, you know, people don't have health care because they can afford it. They just want to take, you know, the luck of the draw or roll with the punch. It's just not true, folks, because all we've seen is there's a direct correlation or direct relationship between an increase in poverty and an increase in the uninsured. Point blank period. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to go into that because it's just obvious. If you're uninsured, if you don't have a job, you're not paying for insurance. If you're impoverished, if you're impoverished, you don't have disposable income that can cover your health insurance. You're not going to have health insurance. So this whole argument that the Republicans are making that oh, you know, people want health care, people really don't want health care, all that stuff. That's just that's complete and total malarkey. Complete and total malarkey. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, when it comes to talking about what happens with the, the justices, uh, this court, the justice could throw and destroy the law, and we already know that. And the ruling's going to happen in, in, in June, as we already discussed. But, you know, the interesting thing about this whole situation is that the truth of the matter is, I think that this mandate is completely and totally constitutional, no matter what happens, right? Because if we're always part of the healthcare market and 99 99% of us are part of the healthcare market no matter what happens like Bob Weiner said then we should you know that means it's not really it's everybody's going to use it therefore it's part of the commerce clause it's just that simple and don't be fooled folks any piece of legislation 
right, that deals with health care or insurance, i.e. Medicare, Medicaid, Mitt Romney's exchange, exchange plan, all of those plans will in some shape or form be uh be part of will be passed through the commerce clause and therefore it should be seen as such but you know what i'm just digressing folks i mean the truth of the matter is is that that's what it really boils down to and sadly mitt romney is on the wrong side of history here no matter what the courts do these courts if they if they choose if these courts choose to strike down the piece of to strike down the to strike down Obamacare, which is very possible, I mean Justice Scalia said himself that you they the, do he this was his quote. Do you really want us to read these twenty seven thousand twenty seven hundred pages? Do you really want? Do you really expect the courts to do that, or do you expect us to give this function to our law clerks? This is totally unrealistic. This is what's going. What well, this is what was going to take enormous bill. This is going to take. It's going to take enormous t- time to read this enormous bill and decide on each one, each one of the premises. He says, but the truth of the matter is maybe. But Scalia did, even though he didn't say he didn't read the bill. He did talk about the Cornhusker kickback. <laughs> Shocked? No, I'm not. Right, and he also used all the rhetoric that the Republicans used all the time. It's very clear that the Affordable Care Act is a long bill, and it includes far more than just provisions about people buying health care. It talks about all the stuff we talk about getting of the program, about all the free stuff that this bill actually does for the American people. But they don't want to read the bill. They just want to strike the bill down and affect millions and mil- 50 million Americans, but they don't want to actually read this bill and see what's really in it, because I guarantee you this. The four... And they say liberal justices, and I will say rational justices, who read, who read this bill and know what's in this bill, know that it's the right thing for the American people. And the five, and we're not really sure how they're going to decide. I could be surprised. We could all be surprised. They could be seven two, highly unlikely, but it could happen. Right? That don't read the bill. The people that don't read the bill, they don't know what's right for America. And the American people. I want you, if I was a betting man, I would bet this, that when 2.5 million young people are not back on their parents' health care insurance, are, are now uninsured, when the donut hole closes for senior citizens, when all these things happen, let me tell you something. There's one thing that I'm hoping and I'm praying for, but one thing that I know is going to be true is that the American people will stand up. The American people will rise up, and you know what the American people say? We've had enough. We are sick and tired of being sick and tired of being made, of decisions being made for us by the wealthiest 1%, like those folks on the Supreme Court. And we're getting ready to change that. We're going to elect all these bums and we're going to kick them all out of Washington. It's just that simple, people. And if we, who are listening tonight, and people on the part of the WEAC Radio family, can join together, right? If we could join together, we can be part of that movement to tell Washington that we've had enough of them trying to control how the American people live. The truth of the matter is American people deserve health care. Health care should be a right, not a privilege. And with that right comes with proper, comes personal responsibility. Why? There is a mandate for everybody to get health care so they can all be personally responsible. Anyway, I'm digressing from that. I'm digressing from that. But the truth of the matter is, it's just the truth, folks. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, you know what time it is. It's my favorite time of the show. We have Will Rogers, known as the modern Will Roberts, known as the modern day Will Rogers. He's a syndicated he's a syndic- he's syndicated and has a P and has a weekly PBS segment. He's a performer at Las Vegas and a featured act in the Cirque du Soleil. His websites are politicalcomedians.com and twitter.com slash Will Roberts USA. Will is talking about healthcare tonight and he's always in front of him. He's oh so funny. But he's even more so informative. So Will Roberts, USA that is, tell us what you got for us today. 
And now all I know is what I hear with my own two ears. And I'll tell you folks, I'm having a hard time believing them right now. Healthcare, or more important, insurance, that seems to be what's ailing our country right now. See, I'm following the Obamacare issues that's going on at the Hill right now. And I use the word following very loosely. Seems like panels of old men deciding what Americans should do with their bodies and their rights is sweeping the nation. See, this issue and any other issue that's uh, of this complexity, well, it can be very confusing. Add politics to it and it becomes as difficult as getting tails to come up on a two-headed quarter. Now... Let me tell you, there's a big difference between what we did and what President Obama is doing. What we did, I think, is the ultimate conservative plan. We said people have to take responsibility for getting insurance, if they can afford it, or paying their own way. No more free riders. Uh, and, and you can look at my, my positions. Uh, many of my positions, I believe, are very conservative. All of them, frankly. Uh, I know some people say, gee, your Massachusetts health care plan isn't conservative. I say, oh, yes, it is. Because right now, in this country, people that don't health, have health insurance go to the hospital if they get a serious illness, and they get treated for free by government. My plan says, no, they can't do that. No more free riders. People have to take personal responsibility. I consider it a conservative plan. So what's my view? I'm a conservative through and through. Ronnie, there's and, mandates and, and in and Massachusetts, to, although you've backed away from mandates on a national basis. No, no, I, I like mandates. Uh, the, man, the, the mandates could, could, work. I beg your pardon? I know you're going to admit let me, that. Uh, no, absolutely. You like mandates. Let me tell you what kind of mandates I like, Fred, <clears throat> which is this. If the ones you come up with. <laughs> <laughs> Here's you, my view. You heard it here, if folks. Somebody, you if somebody heard it here afford. first. The truth of the matter is, is that Mitt Romney likes mandates, even though he says, uh, even though he says, you know, it, it, it didn't work for him. Uh, or he didn't agree. He doesn't agree with it now. Now all of a sudden he's saying he doesn't agree with mandates. But before he said he liked mandates. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that you know Mitt Romney is a flip flop. It's just that simple. He is a flip flop. He is an absolute and a total flip flop. And that is what we, that's the that's the truth of the matter. That's what we've been talking about for this whole time. So even if we repeal Obamacare, I want everybody to make it clear right now that Obamacare is. The twin, I wouldn't even say twin, the younger dog, the younger brother to Romney Care, who's the older brother, and that's what it re the, he was the one who really created this peace legislation. And the truth of the matter is, is that he insisted on this past Tuesday, he insisted that the law should be overturned, that people with pre existing conditions should be denied coverage um, if they never had health care before. This is what he said during, uh, MB and during the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He said, It seems like. And this is what Jeff, first Jay Leno says to him. It seems to be, it seems to me like children, people with a pre-existing should be covered. And Romney responds with people with pre-existing conditions, as long as they've been insured before, they're going to continue to have insurance. And then Jay Leno responds with, suppose they've never been covered. Um, and he said, and then Romney says, well, if they're 45 years old and they show up and they say, I want health care. Because I've got heart disease, it's like, hey, guy, we can't play this game with you. If you've you've got to get insurance when you were well, and if you're ill, you you then you're then you're going to be covered. Romney replies. So this is Romney at his heart. This is Romney at his core. At his core, he tells us that he doesn't believe that we sh that people who are sick should get health care. It's just that simple. That's exactly what he's saying. That people who are sick should not receive health care, but. 
He also saying that, you know, if you, if, if you do, if you aren't sick, or if you are sick, I'm sorry, you should receive health care. But before you get sick, you should have the health care. So if you're a pre-existition, you can't get the health care. It's insane if you ask me. It's absolutely, absolutely crazy if you ask me. But that's all I'm saying, folks. I mean, the truth of the matter is Mitt Romney is wrong for America and he's wrong for this country. Uh, and that is really, 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 really what it boils down to. And it's just so disgusting that I'm almost speechless. I'm ever, rarely ever am I left speechless. But tonight I'm truly left speechless. That's all I, because I just don't understand why this guy who created the health care law would now say that the health care law doesn't work. <sighs> Jesus, take the wheel. Anyway, I've had enough of talking about this sad stuff on about Obamacare tonight in the moment. I want to talk about being worthy. And. When I thought about what I was going to talk about in this moment tonight, I, I really took this one to heart. Usually, you know, I take them all to heart, but especially this one. Webster defines worthy as having adequate or great merits or characters or values. Do you feel ad- do you feel inadequate tonight? Has life told you that you aren't good enough or to wait your turn? Has people in your life said to you that you're never good? You're not as good as your older brother, younger brother, older cousin, younger cousin, older cousin, older sister, younger sister? Has the shame of the store has the shame from your past, from the store from your story, has that shame caused you not to be an overcomer? Well You know the truth of the matter is, guys, is that when I think about worthiness, is I think that no matter who you are, everybody is worthy. Tonight, I'm here to tell you. That you're worthy of every dream you have ever, ever dreamed. Every thought you have ever thought. Every dollar that you've ever received, you're worthy of it. And even the dollars that you don't have, you're worthy of those too. If you think you're going to get a million dollars, you're worthy of that million dollars. Sometimes we let other people do or say, what well, other people do or say affect the future or our destiny. Remember, it's not what it's not how much pain or suffering one experiences that deems that deems one worthy. It is not how productive one is either. You were born worthy of every dream you've ever had. So if you're out there tonight and you feel as though you feel as though you're worthless or you've never you're never you're not gonna make it, or you don't feel you're worthy of something good to happen if in your life, if you don't feel you're worthy to be in a good relationship, if you don't feel you're worthy of a good job, if you don't feel you're worthy of a quality education, if you don't feel you're worthy of a good house, if you're not, you don't feel you're worthy. Now hold hold on for this one. If you don't feel you're worthy to eat healthy food, I'm here tonight to tell you that you are worthy. If that sounds like you tonight, I want to let you know that your problem isn't the wor- isn't worthiness, but your problem is that you're too bill you're too busy holding on to your unworthiness. You're too busy holding on to all those things that people have told you. You're too busy holding on to your own personal story that is ca- that's, th- that's causing you to feel as though you've been left unworthy for you to be wor- for you to really see or achieve your true worthiness. But I want you to do this with me. Now usually I don't do this in the moment, but I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to exhale. And when you exhale, I want you to exhale all those thoughts of unworthiness. And hold on to that for a second. 
And when you now when you inhale, I want you to breathe in a new air, a new air of worthiness. Remember, if you are on this earth and you breathe, you just breath, you just breathe that air. You're worthy. God says you're worthy enough to breathe the air, and I believe you're worthy enough. And that's all I'm telling you tonight. You are worthy of whatever it is you think you are worthy of. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you're unworthy, because that's just straight bull. And if they have a problem with that, tell them to come see me on The Richard Fowler Show. <laughs> Folks, I've had so, you know, I always love being with you every night. But don't worry, next week, you're going to get two hours of me. One more hour than you got tonight. I'm coming on at 8 o'clock, folks. 8, 8, 8 p.m. Set your alarm. Set your iPods. You can hear me wherever. You know we're going to have the iPad. and We're going to have the iPod and the Android app coming out soon. And the website's also up. We're moving forward really fast in Richard Fowler's show. And we love you. You can tweet us at, at Fowler Show or at Richard A. Fowler if you're looking for me personally. Either way. Remember, folks, you're so worthy tonight. You're worthy of everything you've ever dreamed about. And if anybody tells you different, you tell them to come see me. I'm down here on MLK Avenue, right next to the big chair in the heart of D.C. Anacostia. (laughs) But, you know, I love you, but God loves you even more than I do. This is Richard Fowler signing off from D.C. You're worthy, folks. Good night. You're listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM, weactradio.com. Hello, everybody. I'm David Schuster, and you are listening to We Act Radio, 1480 AM. You can catch my show, Take Action News, live on the radio every Saturday from noon to 3. That's noon to 3 on We Act Radio, 1480 AM. You're listening to WPWC We Act Radio, 1480 AM. WeActRadio.com She's a writer. She's a political pundit. She's a TV personality. Hey, she's just a girl from Homer. Get ready for the Shannon Moore Show. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. In what respect, Charlie? Be still my beating heart. Here's Shannon Moore.